0: those first clients asked me to help them. So I think it's important to listen to your clients.
1: Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help consultants, coaches, entrepreneurs, and small business owners build their businesses after long careers as employees. We believe you should be able to do more of what you love and get paid what you're worth, consistently, I'm your host, David Schreiner-Khan. Today on Smashing the Plateau, I'm speaking with the CEO of Fly High Coaching, Portia Parker Griffin. In today's episode, you will learn how you can build a successful coaching business and stand out in your marketplace. Stay with us to hear all the details. How do you feel about where your business is today? Most of us do our best work in collaborative, supportive environments. Come explore ours. The Smashing the Plateau community can help you build your business through engaging discussions, live events, a private communication platform, accountability partners, and lots more. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Portia Parker Griffin. Portia is CEO of Fly High Coaching. She and her team of coaches and resume writers have helped thousands of clients with their career, leadership, and business goals. She's a professional certified coach, a Myers Briggs type indicator master practitioner, and holds a Hogan Assessments certification. Portia also has experience as a director and business consultant in the financial industry, helping companies unlock millions of dollars in potential hiding in their companies. She's been recognized as a career expert by LinkedIn and hosts the Career 101 podcast. Portia, welcome to the show. Thank you so
0: much for having me, David.
1: So tell me a little bit about your career journey. And in particular, I'd like to get to the point where we talk a little bit about leaving employment to start your own business.
0: Well, David, I, in the scheme of things, uh, became an entrepreneur pretty early in my career, I graduated uh, during the last recession. So uh, everything that people are talking about now, they were having those conversations and more. And uh, I had a degree in psychology and decided, you know what, I'm just going to uh, go out and get a job, <laughs> uh, even though things were looked pretty bleak, I should say. And um, I ended up moving to Los Angeles and I fell into the world of financial consulting, like you mentioned in the bio. And long story short, I think I had a lot of people's corporate story, uh, but maybe just sped up a little bit, (laughs) a bit stressed out, overworked. I felt underappreciated and realized that what I was doing wasn't super meaningful to me. Sure, it was helping the firm make millions of dollars and helping our clients make tens of millions of dollars, but it wasn't fulfilling to me. And you know having a health scare and, and talking to my doctor really made me realize that there's got to be something else that I could be doing that I'm passionate about. And particularly I ended up in sales for a consulting firm and as I'm sure you know you know as an entrepreneur, sales is really stressful. it can be. And I said, you know what if I'm going to go through this amount of stress, I'm going to do it for myself. So at 25, that's when I uh, started uh, Fly High Coaching.
1: Wow. How scary was it to leave a paycheck and start your own business?
0: Yeah, it was it was very scary. I did work for about a year at the firm while I was building the business. And so, and we talk to our business clients about this, our entrepreneurial clients, I created an exit strategy and had, you know, some financial plans. I didn't just, you know, quit cold Turkey. <laughs> so I did, you know, set myself up strategically to do that, but it was still very scary and, you you know, I didn't know any other entrepreneurs at that period of time, David. So what I realized was that I'd have to go out and meet some. And so I was, you know, flying to different conferences of different business consultants and coaches and experts, um, just getting out there and meeting people. And towards the end of that strategy, uh, finally uh, made the leap full time.
1: Well, you know, it, it sounds sounds like you and I have had some similar experiences, I was in my late 20s when I made a major career pivot. I studied engineering, had two jobs as an engineer. And then the trigger for me was my boss calling me into his office just after my second annual review where it was a good review. I got a nice raise and then I got fired. The company that I worked for had lost a lot of business and they had to let a lot of people go, including me. And I also did some soul searching because of that that incident and decided and I kind of dabbled in entrepreneurship but I, and like you didn't know anybody who was an entrepreneur and didn't have the wherewithal or the bandwidth to try to go out, go figure it out at, at that point. Particularly since I was unemployed, I needed a job. I needed a paycheck. So I ended up just going into a, a totally different field and went into the nonprofit sector and didn't become an entrepreneur until two plus decades later.
0: Wow. So it sounds like that entrepreneurial spirit, that light had been lit though. And so <laughs> you were probably just waiting to get out there.
1: Yeah. I wanted more control over my career destiny. And it sounds like you wanted more control in, in some ways as well.
0: Yes. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So once you started learning how this entrepreneurship thing works, how did you figure out what was going to be your first business?
0: You know, at first it started off with just what I enjoyed doing. And so I first started off just coaching people around their careers one-on-one and was doing that. And when I resigned from that firm that I told you about some of the companies that we had helped and I you know knew these owners personally helped them you know save millions of dollars they approached me and said, well Portia, do you offer you know coaching and consulting services for businesses And I said sure I do today And I realized David that a lot of the coaching that I was doing in the career space was actually, Very similar to, you know, group trainings and uh, group coaching that could be done, you know, for companies in a business-to-business or B2B capacity.
1: Yeah, and where along that trajectory did you get the training and the certification?
0: Yeah, so I actually got training before I went out on my own. I had heard about coaching. So I didn't mention this earlier, but I actually have an undergraduate degree in psychology. So when I heard about coaching, I was like, well, what is this? I I never learned this in school. Is this a real thing? You know? And so that sent me down the rabbit hole of really finding out more about coaching and, and all of that. And then I decided to get certified prior to actually coaching any clients. So I got certified pretty early on in my whole kind of entrepreneurial journey.
1: Mm. And in the, that certification process, how much do they teach you about starting running and growing a business?
0: Yeah. So I went through one of the, the larger coaching uh, certification programs and they, they did have some content back then about it. So, I mean, th- there was kind of like a business building module um, and I did think it was helpful But at the same time, i realized that (laughs) I was going to need a bit more support. You know, when you start looking at the the marketing and all of the technology and just really operationally, like getting everything done, I knew, okay, this is a great start, but I'm going to have to go out and and learn and join other communities to kind of get that information.
1: So where did you get some of the support that you needed? What worked in terms of? Figuring out all of these pieces that you didn't know how to do?
0: Yeah, so (laughs) I am a a really big kind of researcher on my own. So, one nerdy story (laughs) to this point, David, is that, you know, like many entrepreneurs, I had more time than money for this business when I started. So I spent a month reading blogs, printing up blog posts off the internet on how to build a website. Right. And I learned WordPress (laughs) uh, in a month and, you know, built my whole site on WordPress. And this was of course, before there were all of the site builders, you know, that there are today, right. To make it super simple. So, you know, I really kind of dig in and do research. But, you know, at that same point, I also kind of joined other coaching communities and associations. I, you know, worked with other consultants in different areas to learn things.
1: Yeah. What were some of the things that looking back you would have done differently, things that didn't work so well?
0: Ooh, that is a good question. I think that I did spend a lot of time and I see a lot of clients do this too. I actually would have gotten support sooner. So, to your, your question about being prepared through the the coaching certification, I thought, okay, this is good. I built the website, like I told you. And I said, you know what? I can just read all the blog posts and and YouTube wasn't huge. Then there were some videos out, but not a ton. but I can do my own research and kind of figure this all out. I follow instructions, you know, I can do this. And I did have the wherewithal though, to say, you know what, if I'm not where I want to be in six months, I'm hiring a coach.
1: That was smart.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I stuck to it, David, because six months later, I wasn't where I wanted to be. So I hired my first one-on-one coach and, you know, I was still working, you know, in my job at this point. And that was so pivotal for me.
1: Yeah. How did you find that coach that you hired?
0: Yeah. I was on a newsletter and then I think she had done some kind of newsletter promotion with that, that other newsletter. So it was like a marketing newsletter and like really technical marketing, like Facebook ads and SEO. And then she was partnering with them and she kind of had like a, a free kind of webinar thing. And I went to it and I was like, oh, wow, this is cool. And so that's how I, I learned about her. Mm.
1: And then on the flip side, Portia, what ended up working really well in building your business?
0: Uh, I would say the first thing that worked really well was what I mentioned before, having an exit strategy. And I would guess that you see this a lot of times too, David. Sometimes people think just the vision is enough and vision is so important. I mean, my business is called Fly High Coaching, right? And that is, you know, synonymous with soaring to your full potential. So I believe in vision. I know how important it is but it's not enough if you want to make a solid transition. So really building that exit strategy, I think was the first thing that was really helpful for me because I didn't have to go back and get another job, uh, which sometimes, you know, people have to do because of cash flow issues and other things. Um, So I think that was the first thing that really helped. And then also being willing to get my hands dirty to a degree. And this is something that I think, important for entrepreneurs to understand, but also know when to pull back, especially as they get further along in their business. But like I mentioned, you know, taking a month and learning WordPress, well, we know how expensive it is to to maintain websites. You know, I now have that skill set, even though I have, you know, marketing help and website help now, I know how to tweak my own website. I know how to build a website. I understand concepts of marketing when speaking to marketing specialists, so they're not pulling the wool over my eyes.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you know what questions to ask.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And so many people that I went through, like my coaching certification training with, you know, they got out and they, they built a website or paid a ton of money and then they couldn't afford to maintain it. And they would end up having to close their business because their website and their marketing costs were so high, but really digging in and and learning the basics you know, of WordPress to get my site up, I didn't have as many of those costs. So I think, especially in the beginning, when you're making that transition, understanding what you can do and where you can save money is helpful. But at the same time, you know, that's a definitely a delicate balance because you should not be doing everything. (laughs) And there is a point where you should, you know, delegate those things as you move further in your business. So I think those would probably be the top to the exit strategy, and then being willing to get my hands dirty.
1: Yeah, that's um, that's actually really important, I think, for for people to hear. And you're right; th- there's no right and wrong here, and it's often very hard to tell when you should spend a lot of time doing something yourself versus when you should delegate it. Portia, were there any kind of unexpected? positive surprises that turned out to be game
0: changers? (laughs) Yes. Let me think of some of the best ones I think to, to share. I think being open-minded to a degree and listening to your clients. So again, this is, I think once you're at a certain place in business, you know, really being open-minded and assessing things and your, your products and your service offerings from the perspectives of your clients is important. Again, I think a lot of this depends on where you are in your business, but for me personally, like I told you, I started off with just the one-on-one career coaching and then there were the companies, right, that started asking me to come in and, you know, do some workshops and, and some group coaching and, and it led into some consulting. But, But starting off with that, another area that I do think was a game changer for me is at a certain point, we kind of moved to what I call creating an agency side of the business to a degree where when the 10th career coaching client asked me to help them with their resume, I said, okay, (laughs) what am I resisting here? And so I said, well, maybe, you know, I'm just going to give this a shot. And I got trained, you know, to write resumes. And I realized that I was able to then create a whole program based on a tool that was so necessary in career coaching, being the resume that was able to just exponentially help my clients get better results. So I resisted kind of adding, you know, an extra service to the business for a while. And then, was very happy that I I ended up adding that because it was a really good point of distinction between my business and and other career coaches as well. And so obviously, you know, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, we started a whole new new revenue stream there. So being open-minded to that degree. But again, you've got to be at the right place, I think, in business to start adding on. I think one mistake that I see with some clients early on is they want to do multiple things right at the beginning. And I think at the beginning, it's important to really focus and get good at one thing. And then eventually um, you can add on.
1: Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I see that it's so hard for people to, to do that and to focus on one thing because they think that they're, they're turning away business by saying no to things that are just going to make them very scattered in how they're providing services.
0: Absolutely. And also to that point, too, I like what you mentioned about being scattered. And I think even when you do strategically add on another product or a service offering, it really needs to make sense. And I think makes sense from the perspective of your clients and be something natural that they would also want to add on. Sometimes people think, hey, I'm good at this. and good at that. And it really doesn't necessarily go together in terms of being like cohesive for your ideal client and their journey.
1: Yeah, well said. And actually, this may be a good segue to talk about the two different kinds of clients that you have, corporate and individual. Because it is different to serve corporate clients versus serving individual clients. Yet, I know you have some commonality in what you do with both of them.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. So, like I mentioned, the the whole idea of selling to corporate clients and, and B2B clients, I honestly, David, was resisting that in the beginning because I was... So young at that point, I thought, well, most of the business coaches and consultants I see, they're all 55 and over. And and most of them that I saw were men, too. So I said, well, no one's going to listen to me. So I was surprised when those first clients asked me to help them. So I think it's important to listen to your clients. So I was listening to them. And that was really part of the catalyst to add on the, the corporate work. Similar to working with individuals, I I mentioned you know the coaching that we do for individuals. We also offer coaching into our business clients. So it might look like executive coaching or group coaching for a team. We do a lot of coaching of new managers who might be leading people for the first time or leading a new group, a new team. So there that overlap there with coaching, and then there's also some training when it comes to working with individuals, you know, we do have a, a membership with a training platform. And, you know, again, when you work with companies, we do offer some customized training around some of the same areas, right? So some of the areas might be leadership development, conflict resolution, topics like that, where what I call the people problems. And again to your point, David, there's that overlap because it's just a lot of the same information, but just to a different audience. So I'm not necessarily like recreating the wheel here for, you know, B2B or B2C clients. It's just a lot of similar information, but just customized to them.
1: Right. Which is a really important distinction.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Horsha, I want to go back to something you mentioned earlier. As you were trying to learn and grow you tapped into communities. I wondered if you could share a little bit about your experience as a community member and or community leader.
0: Yeah, so communities are vital. And I know that you're an expert in in communities, David, because especially when it comes to entrepreneurship, you really feel alone a lot of times. And I, I think most people, don't know a ton of entrepreneurs. They might know one or two if they're lucky. So having that community that has experienced, you know, what you've gone through or they have similar experiences, similar goals, that can really help you to progress faster and farther than you would alone. I mentioned to you, David, before that, you know, I'm an introvert. So for me, just, I'm not the, I like to say I'm not the life of the party type, unless it's my party. So if it's my party, I'm the life of the party type, right? If it's, if it's my podcast, you know, when you come and we had you as a guest, you know, I'll be the life of the party then. But for me, just putting myself out there in communities, that's, that's something mental that I have to really work on myself to, to put myself out there. Um, but when you do, and when you ask for support and you're in really the right rooms in the right communities, it can just really help you so much. And to your point of leading communities, we recently started um, our own community, a a membership to create that experience for our clients, because this year we're going to have our 10th year anniversary, David, and we pulled the numbers and I didn't even realize that we had worked with thousands of clients at this point. And There were so many things that I think I've learned over the 10 years. And and as a company, we could really create a more comprehensive experience with training, coaching, support, and community for our clients. Because when you think about your career and also entrepreneurship, so when I say career, I think broadly, if you're an entrepreneur, that's part of your career. It's part of your career journey. Over the course of your career, it's really never done, right? You're always learning, growing. There's always something that you could be doing. So that's why we we built community uh, around that.
1: Oh, that is so well said, Portia. We've covered so much ground in this conversation about your own experiences as a professional, as um, an employee, as a business owner, all of the strategies and tactics that you've had to deal with to try to start run and grow your own business and what you're doing to serve your clients. If somebody wants to go deeper with anything we've discussed or access any resources you have or get in touch with you, where would be the best place for them to go?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, there are a couple of, a couple of places I'll mention. One, you know, our, our main website is fly. So well, will www.fly, F-L-Y dash high H-I-G-H coaching. Dot com. Also you mentioned we have the Career 101 podcast which you were kind enough to be a guest on. If someone wants to, to listen to insights, I recommend that they check that out. But I also do have a free gift for your listeners. It is our free Kickstart Your Success course and it is what I call a practical action guide to reaching your goals. I noticed a lot of patterns with clients that we've had. And I really wanted to zero in on what some of the common obstacles were that I have seen stop people from reaching their goals. And I focus on what I think are the three pillars of success. So I call those your mindset time management and strategy. So if someone is interested in that, they can also get the free Kickstart Your Success course at uh, www.fly-high-highcoaching.com slash KSS.
1: And we will include this in the show notes as well. Thank you. Portia, I wanna thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Smashing the Plateau. My guest has been the CEO of Fly High Coaching, Portia Parker Griffin. Thank you, Portia, for joining us.
0: Thank you, David.
1: When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mention on the show. On today's episode with Portia Parker Griffin, we learned how you can build a successful coaching business and stand out in your marketplace. How do you feel about where your business is today? Most of us do our best work in collaborative, supportive environments. Come explore ours. The Smashing the Plateau community can help you build your business through engaging discussions, live events, a private communication platform, accountability partners, and lots more. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com. I'm David Schreiner-Khan. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.